Shalom to all. Today's office is getting off your base, and we are starting the eighth line at the two dots. And today's office sponsor, Lili Nishmas, Mars Mayim Sarah, Basar Yaakov Maisha, Her Nishama should have an aliyah, and Lili Nishmas, Mars Rifka Basar Mayor Zev, Her Nishama should have an aliyah. Now the Mishnah said, Shemir Tzashal Elazar and Mechulu, and this is referring to the Machlekes between our Mayor and the Chum in the Mishnah. Remember, the Mishnah was discussing the case of a person sending a get to his wife through Shliach, or sending a Shechur to his Evet through Shliach, and he wants to retract, he wants to take that back. According to Av Mayor, he's allowed to do that, both in regards to the get and the Shechur. Though he's only allowed to do that with the get, but not with the shechur, and that's because as Mishnah had said, it's not considered a chayv to free the eved, even though now the eved loses his support from the master. The master didn't have to support him anyways. So now the Gemara tells us Shamas Bina. It seems to be that we learn from here Yachal Rav Eved that the master is able to tell his eved do work for me, and I'm not going to feed you. In other words, it seems very clear from our Mishnah that a master is allowed to tell his eved you have to do all the work that's demanded of you as an eved, and I get to keep all your mice, your dime, all that money that you produce, and I'm not going to feed you. You have to go feed yourself. Go not on people's doors, scratch through the garbage, do whatever you have to do, but I'm not going to feed you. And again, the way that it seems to be that we're learning that from the Mishnah is because the Chum had said, that if the master doesn't want to feed his Eved, he's allowed to not feed him. And this discussion is going to be the focus of the majority of our Gemara today. So Gemara says, no, our Mishnah is not arrived for that because and over here we could be talking about something different. It could be that the master told his Eved, take your Ma'asiyadayim, take that which you produce and use that to go buy yourself food. So it means that our Mishnah is talking about a case where the master is actually not feeding the Eved from the get-go. The Eved works, but he uses his own money to support himself. Ask more, hold on one second. We talk about Shechur and Get in our Mishnah. That means that the case of Shechur and the case of Get have to match up. But now we would have a problem with that because the Kavasaka Isha, the corresponding case by the woman would be the Amar Law, where the husband told his wife, you use your own Ma'asayadayim and you buy your own food with it. So if that's the case, Isha Ma'aloi, why can't he make this arrangement with his wife? In other words, it seems to be the case of Get and Shechur line up perfectly, and so then the Halacha should be the same as well. So Gemara says, no, but the Loisafka. The case of his wife is different is because even if he tells her go support yourself this talking about a situation where she doesn't earn enough money to support herself and there the husband would have to step in and give her money so that means that in the case of Eved it would have to be the same that the Eved doesn't have enough money to support himself so why shouldn't the master have to step in and support the Eved since he doesn't earn enough money so Gemara answers an Eved who isn't worth the bread that fills his stomach meaning an Eved that can't produce enough to feed himself what use is he for his master for his mistress in other words an Eved is just like a piece of property. So if the Evid can't produce enough to feed himself, that's not the master's issue, and the Evid is forced to rely on others to help him. However, a woman has a Tanai Ksuba, a stipulation written into her Ksuba that her husband will support her, and that's even if her Maishi are not enough for her. The husband still has to fill in the remainder. And so therefore, the situation of the woman and the Evid in our Mishnah are different. The Gemara continues, Tashma, we've another attempted Raya. The Brisa says, Evid Shagal or Imiklat, if an Evid was sent into Gaulus to the Irmiklat, that means he killed somebody Bishagig, so he had to run to the Irmiklat, to the city of refuge. Ain Rabbi Chayav his master is not Chayav to give him food. Not only that, El Rabbi, anything he produces goes to his master. Shmaim, you know, it seems to be that we see from here, Yachla Ravlamila Eved, the master is able to tell his Eved, do work for me and I'm not going to feed you. So Gemara once again gives an answer, no. Hachmaiskin, what are we talking about over here to Amar Lai, where he told him, you take your own Master Daim and you feed yourself. Ask the Gemara, if so, so why is it the Brisa says that his Master Daim go to his master? We just explained the Brisa we talked about where the master told him to keep his own Master Daim and buy himself food. So Gemara there's no la'adafa. We're talking about the extras. Let's say it only costs this Evid $10 a month to support himself, but he makes $15 a month, so that extra $5 goes to the master. And that's what the Bryce is talking about. Ask Gemara, ha'adafa pshita. It's obvious that that extra money would go to the master. Why does the Bryce have to tell us that? So the answer is, Maldutem, you might have thought, since in a situation where the Evid doesn't produce enough, so he doesn't have to give anything to his master because he's using whatever he earns to support himself, when he does have enough, meaning when he makes extra, perhaps 
master should not be allowed to take that from him. Kamashmal, that's why the Bryce is telling us that if there is Hadafa, if there's extra, that would go to the master. Ask the Gemara, okay, so Mashal Ari Miklot, why is it the Brasa focuses on the case of an Evid going to an ear Miklot, that he killed somebody Beshegig and he had to run away? This should apply to any situation, meaning anytime that a master tells his Evid, you have to support yourself, if the Evid ends up making extra money, that would have to go to the master. Why focus on Ari Miklot? So the Gemara answers, Sankat I would have thought the Pasuk tells us Vachai, and this Pasuk is said in regards to the ear Miklot, that a person runs to the ear Miklot and he lives over there, meaning he's saved, and we might think that the Pasuk should be applied as follows in this case, that Avid that we should now give him more chiyos, which means that we have to provide the Evid with more livelihood, since he's in a place that people don't know him, he might have a difficulty making a livelihood, and that's what the Pasuk Vachai is telling us, that the Evid would be allowed to keep more money. Mashmal, that's why the Brass is specifically talking about a case of your Miklat, that even though the Evid might need more money, he still only gets his basics, and anything more than that has to get sent to his master. Ask the Gemara, hold on one second, we still have a problem with this Brasa, because while Miktani Seifa, from the fact that the Seifa that Brasa says, Avol Isha Shagal Miklat, but if a woman goes to near Miklat, her husband is chayv to feed her, Michal that implies that he didn't tell his wife. Meaning, we're not talking about a situation where he told his wife, because if you want to say that the safe of this bride also is talking about a case where the husband told his wife, you take your ma'asudah and support yourself. So my chayv, why would the husband be chayv to support his wife? It must be that he didn't tell her to support herself. And we the safe of the loyal and from the fact that the safe is clearly not talking about a case where the husband told his wife to support herself, it must be the ratio also is talking about where the master did not tell his Evid, go take your earnings and support yourself. And so we see from the Rasha the Brisa that the Maisu dime of the Evid goes to his master. It must be that the master is able to tell us, Evid, you go find your own food, but I get to keep your money. So Gemara says, no, really, the Rasha the Brisa is talking about where he had told his slave, and that means in the Seifa, when we're talking about the woman, he also told his wife, you have to go support yourself. However, in the Seifa, the reason why he has to continue supporting his wife is because it's talking about a situation where his wife doesn't have enough money to support herself, so she needs more money. Ask like a from the fact that the safe of the Brasa continues to say, If the husband told his wife, you go take your master dime and support yourself, Rasha, he's allowed to do that. Mechlavin implies, that the earlier part of the Brasa is talking about where he did not tell his wife, Sigmar says, no, this is really what the Brasa is saying. If she makes enough money to support herself, and he told her, you take your master dime and support yourself with that, Rasha, he's allowed to do that. If we're talking about a situation where she makes enough money to support herself, so what's the chiddish that he's allowed to tell her, you take your money and support yourself? Of course he's allowed to tell her that. She makes enough money to support herself, so there's no issue. So my answer is no, Ma'adatim, you might have thought, Kol Kavud Abbas Melech Panima, Kamash Molan. Now literally, Kol Kavud Abbas Melech Panima means all the covet of Abbas Melech, of a princess, is inside. Which means, one might think that since she's in a foreign city, and people don't know who she is, so they're not going to ask her to do work, she's going to have to go around marketing herself, and that's not the most Sunua thing, so perhaps he's not allowed to tell her to support herself. Kamash Molan, the chiddish is that even though she's going to have to embarrass herself and do something that perhaps is not so accepted, nonetheless, he is allowed to tell her that. But bottom line is that our original understanding of this b'risa holds true, and there's no raya that a master is allowed to take all of his evid's earnings and not feed him. So I think Mara suggests, let's say this is meaning let's say this idea that a master is allowed to tell his evid, you have to give me all of your earnings, but you have to support yourself, is machlekes tanayim. And where do we see this? Because Rav Shimon Gamliel says, Yachla Eved Lema the Rabbi B'Shnei B'Tzairas, an evid is allowed to tell his master during a year of famine, support me, give me food, or let me go free. Whereas, his master has rishos, meaning his master does not have to let him go free, and he doesn't have to support him. Now, my love, it must be this what Machleka says, the Chum hold that he's allowed to tell his Eved, you have to give me your master a dime and feed yourself, whereas, hold that the master is not allowed to tell his Eved that, and that's why his Eved is allowed to say, either give me food or let me go. The Gemara says that can't be, but Tizbra, is this really logical? 
That which the Bryce has said, that the Evid's allowed to tell his master, either give me food or set me free. That's not what the Evid should be telling his master. He really should tell him as follows. He really should be telling him, either give me food or let me use my money that I make to buy my own food. And the Bryce didn't say that. But furthermore, my Why are we specifically talking about a year of famine? If that's what the Machlekes between Rabshim Gamli and their Chum is, we should have the same Machlekes even if it's not a year of famine. So therefore, we explain Al Hachmaiskino, what's his Bryce talking about? Damer Loy, where the master told the Eved, say Maisa you take your Maisa Yadim and support yourself. And with Shnei Batsaras, Lysipik, specifically when it's a year of famine, those Maisa Yadim are not enough for the Eved to support himself. During a regular year, yes, but a year of famine, no. So Rabshim Gamliel, so Rabshim Gamliel holds, the reason why the Eved tells the master, either give me more Parnasa or let me go free, that's because so that other people will see me and they'll have mercy on me. If I'm just regular Eved going around collecting food, no one's going to give me. But if the Eved becomes free, which means he turns into a full-fledged Yid, so then people are going to have Rachmanus on him. If someone's going to have Rachmanus on someone who's free, he's going to have Rachmanus on an Eved as well. And therefore the Eved's not able to tell his master, either give me food or let me go free. So we don't have a Raya that this is Machlech is Tanayim. So we continue to try to bring Raya for this. Toshma, the Amar Rav Rav says, If a person has Maktish, the hands of his Eved, which means that anything that his Eved produces automatically becomes Hektish. So I say Eved, this Eved, how's he supposed to eat? He borrows money, and he uses that money to buy food. And then he continues to work and produces, and uses that money to pay back the loan. So let's just explain this. When the master is Maktish Yudei Avdoi, that means that whatever the Eved produces automatically becomes Hektish. So that means that he can't use the money that he earns to buy food because that money's Hektish. So the only way out is to borrow money for food. And now when he works, the wages owed to him don't become Hektish. And why is that? Because the Eved's wages only attain Hektish status when they're valued at at least a Pruta. So for example, let's say this Eved gets paid a Pruta minute, the first Pruta owed to him doesn't become Hektish until a minute of work is done. However, since the Eved owes somebody else money because he borrowed that money to buy food, the Baal Chayv has claim even to a fraction of a Pruta. So when the Eved does even 30 seconds of work, for example, the first half Pruta owed to him really is for the Baal Chayv. And it turns out that the money he earns never has a chance to become Hektish. Now what do we see from here? That a master is able to tell his Eved, you have to do work for me and I'm not going to feed you. And that's because since we need a roundabout way to enable the Eved to get fed, it must be that all the Eved's earnings become Hektish, and that must be because the master can keep all the Eved's Maesiyadayim and not feed him. So Gmar says it's not a Raya. What are we talking about over here? Where the master is actually giving food to the Eved, and therefore he's allowed to keep the Maesiyadayim of the Eved. Ask the Gmar, if that's really so, so why is it the Eved has to jump through these hoops to borrow money in order to eat? He's getting fed by his master. The Gmar answers for the extras, meaning this Eved wants to eat more than what he's given by the master, so then he has to jump through these hoops. Ask the Gmar, why doesn't Hektish tell the Eved, meaning before your master was Maktish your Masya Daim, you were able to subsist without any extras. You ate whatever your master gave you and no more than that. So now also, you should be able to survive without any extras. Why are we allowing the Eved to borrow money to eat? And that means that now his Masya Daim are not going to go to Hektish, they're going to go to pay back this loan. Turns out that Hektish is losing out. So Gemara says, no, Hektish actually wants this to happen. So that its Eved can improve. Now, even though this Eved doesn't really belong to Hektish, we know that the Maesiyadayim of this Eved do go to Hektish, so Hektish wants this Eved to be strong and strapping so that he could produce more, so eventually, down the line, more money is going to end up going to Hektish. Now, the Gemara addresses what we 
had spoken out earlier. We had said that after this Evid borrows money and buys food with it, so now he does work and then he pays back the person that he owes the money to. But how does it work? As the Gemara, as he's working to make money, that money that he's making now becomes Kaddish. So he's not able to use it to pay back. So the answer is no, we're talking about money less than a Shavapruta. Meaning, as we explained before, as he works, the moment he makes a little bit of money, less than a Shavapruta, that automatically is designated for the person he owes money to. And the money can't attain Kedushi yet until it's a full Pruta. Therefore, this money is able to go to the Balchayv before it becomes Hektesh. And the Gemara continues, Hachinam it's actually logical to say that this is what Rav's opinion is, meaning that Rav does not hold that the master gets to keep all the money and the Evan has to find a way to feed himself. Why is that logical? Because the Amar Rav, Rav also said, Somebody who's Maktish is Evid's handiwork. That Evid works and he buys food with it. Because if he's not going to work and take that money to buy food for himself, literally this means who's going to serve him, meaning who's going to give him food. Then we have to understand the second statement of Rav. If you want to say that this first statement of Rav, the one that we started learning about on the bottom of Amar Aleph, that's talking about where the master is giving his slave food, and the master is not allowed to tell his Eved that you have to go work, I keep all your money, and you have to go find a way to feed yourself. And this one that we just said from Rav is talking about where the master is not giving his Eved food, here, everything makes sense. These two members from Rav are not contradictory. But if you want to say, that this first member that we mentioned, again, on the bottom of Amad Aleph, is talking about where the master is not giving his Eved food, and he is allowed to tell his Eved, you have to do work, I get to keep your master's dime, and you have to go find your own food, well, that's a problem because how can Rav in his second memo say that if the Evid doesn't work and support himself, who's going to give him food? Whoever wants can feed him, but it's not our issue who feeds him because if the first memo of Rav is understood to say that we don't really care who feeds the Evid, but it's not the master's responsibility, so he should say the same thing in that second memo, and he doesn't say that. It must be according to Rav that the master is not allowed to tell his Evid, you have to go do work, I get to keep your master's dime, and you have to go feed yourself, or else we would have a contradiction between these two members of Rav. How we continue to talk about this now with the opposite sheet of Rav. Tashma, we have a different sheet. Somebody cuts off his friend's Evid's hand. He gives the Sheves and the Repoy to the master. What's the Sheves? That's the amount of money he loses out on because he can't work due to his injury. In other words, let's say it's going to take him a week to recover from his injury, so he's not working for that week. The money paid for that lack of work is called Sheves. And Repoy is the medical expenses. That means that the one that cut off the hand has to pay these expenses to the master. And that Evid gets his food from Tzedakah, meaning the master doesn't have to feed him. Shemami know we clearly see from here the Yachal Rav Lamrila Evid, I say me Vanizancha, do work for me and I'm not going to feed you, because it says that he gets his food from Tzedakah, and it doesn't say that the master gives him food. Ask more who says that's a Raya, Hachamai Skinun, why don't we say that what we're talking about over here is Bimalo Mizainas, where the master is giving the Evid food? Ask the Gemara, that can't be the explanation because Yachi, if so, Amai Nizan Minat Tzedakah, why does it say that he gets food from Tzedakah? He's not getting food from Tzedakah, he's getting food from his master. So we answer no, La We could be talking about the extra food. Food that his master is not giving him, that comes from Tzedakah. If that's really so, instead of saying that he gets his food, Nizayin means Mizaynes, he gets his basic food from Tzedakah, it should say Misparnes, that he gets his support, which is really extra, beyond the basic level of food. And Rabbi Yechon didn't say that. It must be that we see from here that Rabbi Yechon holds that a master could tell his Eved, you have to do work for me, I get all your master's daim, but you have to support yourself. Now we analyze what Rabbi Yechon said, that the Sheves and the Ripoy goes to the master. The fact that the Sheves goes to the master, that's obvious, since the master now doesn't have the Evid working for him, so of course the master receives that payment, that loss of work that the Evid can't do. Why is Rabbi Yechon telling us that? The Gemara answers, You're right, the fact that the master gets the Sheves, that's not a Chiddush. But the fact that the master gets the Refua, the medical expenses, that's the Chiddush. Ask the Gemara, how does that actually make sense? Refua said, The medical expenses should belong to the Evid, because he needs to heal himself with it, 
which means he has to pay for his doctor bills. So why would that money go to the master? I think my answer is, let's the chiddush is, we're talking about a case where he was evaluated that it's going to take him five days to get better. But the doctor gave him a really strong medicine, and he got better in three days. So you might have thought that his extra two days of insurance money should go to the Eved because of his tsar. It was his pain that he got his hand cut off. The chiddush is that no, that extra money goes to the master and not to the Eved. But yes, the basic medical expenses, of course, they go to the Eved so that he could pay his doctor bills. Now going back to the Mishnah, to the discussion in between Rav Meir and the Chachamim. And this Brasa is going to expound on that discussion in the Mishnah. Tanya, we have a Brasa. Amr Abelazar Abelazar said, Amr Abelazar Abelazar said, we told Meir, which means to Reb Meir. It's a for the Eved that he should leave his master's hand and go free. In other words, the moment that the master gives over the Get Shechur, he should not be able to retract that because it's for the Eved to go free. It's not a Chayv. Why are you Rav Meir saying it's a Chayv? So Amr Lanu, Rav Meir told us, says Rav Lazar, Chayv Hula, it's actually a Chayv for him. Why? Because if he was the Eved of a Kayin, becoming free now apostles him from eating Truma, and that's considered a Chayv. So Amar Nalai, we responded to him, Let's say the master decided not to give him food and not to give him livelihood. The master would be allowed to do that. So we see that Eved could technically lose his rights to eat Truma even without him being freed. So when he's freed, it's good for him. It's not a Chayv for him. And Amar Lanu, Rav Meir, responded to us, Let's say this Eved of the Kayin ran away before he was freed. Or the wife of a Kayin, she rebelled against her husband and she ran away before she could get a divorce. Wouldn't these both eat Truma? Because they're not divorced and they're not freed, so of course they'd still be allowed to eat Truma. But this Eved is not going to be allowed to eat Truma. Meaning this Eved, if someone else accepts to get Shechur for him, now he's Mishuchrar, he's freed, and he's not going to be allowed to eat Truma. So it turns out that him being freed is a Chayv for him because he technically has a way to be, so to speak, freed and still continue eating Truma because he could run away from his master. So we see that someone accepting to get Shechur for him, freeing him, now not allowing him to eat Truma is a Chayv for him. Now the following quote in the Bryce is from the Chachamim, Aval Isha, Chayv Hula, but for a woman, it is a Chayv for her to get divorced. She can't possible menat Truma, umafsidim and It's going to possible her from eating Truma, and she's not going to be able to get the Mazaynas anymore that her husband is Chayv to feed her. So now we're going to try to understand this discussion between them. What were they telling him? Meaning, what were the Chachamim telling Rav Meir, and what was he responding to them? Sigmar explains, this is what he was telling them. You answered me in regards to the food. Then you're right that when Evan goes free, he doesn't get food from his master, and that's not really considered a Chayv, because anyways, master didn't have to feed him even when he was still an Eved. However, what are you going to respond to me in regards to Truma? And if you're going to suggest that that technically if the master wanted to, he could throw his get, which means he could throw the Shechur to the Eved, and as long as it's within the Dalad Amas of the Eved, the Eved will be free, and now the Eved won't be allowed to eat Truma. The Eved still has a way out. He could technically run away from his master and go get himself lost in the big wide world out there, and he's still the Eved of this Kayin, and that means he would still be allowed to eat Truma. Because Let's say the Eved of a Kayin ran away, or the wife of a Kayin rebelled against him and ran away as well. Wouldn't those eat Truma? Of course they would still be allowed to eat Truma. But this one, meaning if this Eved had someone accept his Shechur for him, now he's 100% Meshachar, he's 100% freed, and he would not be allowed to eat Truma. So it turns out to be a Chayv for the Eved if someone accepts the Shechur for him. So like Mara says, Chapter Kamerlu, it seems to be the Rav Meir has a really good response to them. Why do the Chayim answer him? So Amarava, Rava says, That's exactly what the Chayim were responding to Rav Meir in our Mishnah when they said, because he's the Kenyan of the master, meaning the master bought him like property. And we didn't understand this when the Mishnah had said it. We said that the Gemara is going to explain. So here's the explanation. What does it mean? If the master wants, he could take four Zuz, which is a very minimal amount from Israel, meaning from someone who's not a Kayin, and he could possibly this Eved anywhere he's located. Meaning you're right. Technically, if an Eved runs away before his master, the Kayin, is able to free him, he's still allowed to eat Shuma wherever he is. 
However, the master still has one up over the Eved because the master could sell this Eved to Yisrael for a very minimal amount of money. And the reason why a person would want to buy him is because maybe he'll end up finding this Eved. And now that the Eved was sold to Yisrael, he's not allowed to eat Truma. So we see from here, the Chamar telling Rav Meir, that the Eved being able to eat Truma is simply because he's like a piece of property owned by the Kayin. And therefore, when he loses his ability to eat Truma because the master sold him or freed him, that's not considered a Chayv. That's just considered part of the transaction of a piece of property. Now the Mordes has a question on Rav Meir. Rav Meir, contra Meir, we understand that it's considered a chayv for the evid of a kayin to have somebody else accept his shechir for him because again, according to Rav Meir, it's considered a chayv now that he can't eat truma. But evid Yisrael, Michael Meimar, what about the evid of a Yisrael? When the evid of a Yisrael goes free, he's not losing his ability to eat truma. He can't eat truma by his master, the Yisrael, anyway. So why would it be considered a chayv, according to Rav Meir, for somebody else to accept the shechir for this evid of a Yisrael? That's because he's making him lose out on a shechir kananis. We know that a non-Jewish slave is allowed to live with a non-Jewish maidservant, and now when he becomes free, he's a full-fledged Yid, so he's not allowed to live with Shifcha Kananis anymore. Ask the Gemara, Adarabah, that's the opposite. Now that he's becoming free, he's allowed to marry Bas Chayrin, he's allowed to marry a full-fledged Jewish woman, so it's not considered a chayv for him that he can't live with a Shifcha Kananis anymore. Adarabah, it's considered a benefit for him that he could marry a full-fledged Jewish woman. So Gemara answers, no, Avdeh Bavkeir Nichalei, and Evid wants to be Hefker, he wants to live a life of, so to speak, freedom, because Zilalei Shichichalei Pritzalei, this Shifcha Kananis who's permitted to him while he's still an Eved, is cheap to him, she's available to him, and she acts parts with him. In other words, he could fulfill all of his animalistic and base desires with this woman, and so he'd rather not become free and marry a Jewish woman whom he has to treat properly. He'd rather stay as an Eved so that he can marry Shifcha Kananis and do whatever he wants with her. Therefore, it is considered a Chayv, even for an Eved of Israel to be let free. We're going to stop here for the day, pick up tomorrow with a brand new Mishnah. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.